Well, hello again, everyone. Welcome to the Red and White Authority. I'm Art Regner. This is episode 138. And as always, the Red and White Authority is presented by Labatt Blue. It is the official Canadian beer of the Detroit Red Wings, whether it's winter, summer, spring, fall. It's always a good time to cozy up with a nice, ice-cold, frothy Labatt Blue after a hard day's work. But we do ask that you drink our premium beer responsibly. With that said, let's uh, continue on the Red and White Authority. Episode 138 features a couple of Grand Rapids Griffins. We recently spent some time in Grand Rapids and uh, we talked to Tara Hirose and Michael Rasmussen. Uh, both players have uh, done very well for the Griffins this season. Michael was dealing with some injuries and of course uh, Taro started the year uh, with the Red Wings, has been sent down but has performed very, very well. So without further ado, uh, let's begin. Episode 138 of the Red and White Authority with Taro Hirose. Want to welcome uh, Taro Hirose into uh, the Red and White Authority. Taro, it's good to see you. Yeah. Uh, thank you for doing this. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, you know, it, kind of a weird journey you've been on, to say the least. You know, you're at Michigan State playing very, very well. One of the leading scorers in the NCAA, maybe the leading scorer last year, signed with the Red Wings, coming for those 10 games, setting records. This year, kind of collectively, just not you, the team has just struggled. Uh, how are you doing? Where's your mindset at this point? Good, yeah. I mean, I think the, the beginning of the season there was a little bit of a struggle, just the way the team was playing and things were going. But, um, you know, since I've been down in GR, it's been, it's been good just to sort of get the confidence back and, and get out there and be playing. Uh, how difficult was it for you? I mean, was there a point where you know things weren't going well, uh, options, numbers, and all that, that, that you had a possibility that you would be sent to Grand Rapids? Um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, on the contract that I'm on, you always think that's a possibility. So, um, you know, I don't, definitely don't think I was playing up to my ability at that time. And, um, you know, you're, you're kind of in your own head at that point thinking, you know, is this the time that it's going to be and when it's going to be? Or, you know, you're trying to stay up with the big club. But, um, you know, trying to put that to back of your head and, and just play hockey at the end of the day. How, how was that? I mean, they, they call you in a room. They say, listen, you know, we like you. I mean, we, want, we know what you're capable of doing. You have to go down and work on specifics or? Yeah, yeah. Steve just kind of brought me aside and said, hey, we're going we're gonna to send you down to Grand Rapids and, you know, just to, to get some more ice time and, and get some confidence back. I think uh, that was something that I was lacking and something that, you know, a player the way I play, I definitely need to have confidence. What was the difference? And I'm sure you probably thought about this. What was the difference between the success you had last season and this season? Because it it was stark because it was so different. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think um, when it came into the end of last season, it was kind of you have nothing to lose. You're just playing to have fun and, and playing to help the team win and show, show the team what you can do. So I think – um, you know, at the beginning of this season, you're just uh, you set a high bar for myself, and you're trying to you know always keep up to that. And sometimes that's a little bit of a mental grind, trying to um, do do what you did in the past, and not just uh, worrying about what you're doing right now. You know, I, I mean, you guys, I think the one thing you know, covering athletes for as many years as I have, the camaraderie that you do have in that room, you make friendships. You're all kind of, even though you might be at different levels in your career and all that, you're kind of all in the same situation. So when something happens to one, it almost happens to all of you at the same time. What was it like when you were being sent down? Did guys pull you aside? Did they encourage you? Did you know, someone say, hey, I've been down this road, you know, don't worry about it. I mean, because I would imagine you would be disappointed. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, definitely a bunch of guys came up to me and just, you know, wished me luck and, and making sure that I was um, feeling good about myself, about my game, that, you know, I can play at that level and that uh, it's just part of the process to be playing the AHL. When you, uh, when you get to Grand Rapids, what is that transition like? Do you have uh, – is, is, is it Horkoff that's talking to you? I'm sure it's Ben and his crew too. Uh, what was the uh, acclimation to Grand Rapids like for you? Yeah, I mean, I think it, it kind of happened quick. I kind of came down there and was jumping right into a game, so it was kind of nice not to think about too much and just get to play in. And, um, you know, Benny just wanted me to play my game and, um, you know, have confidence and, and show what I can do down here. When you, uh, how do, how has it gone for you thus far? I mean, you know, you're you're doing pretty well. I mean, certainly you're, uh, uh, you have 14 points in in 19 games. So uh, I would imagine that it's kind of agreed with you. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think just to get on the stat sheet every now and then has been good. And I think, um, you know, definitely have have more to give and just sort of building that consistent game that night in night out you're you're showing up to play to help the team win, but. Um, you know, they've got an awesome group of guys down here, and I think that's uh, part of it that I've really enjoyed. When you, uh, you know, we always hear from, from guys, we'll say, uh, whether they're in development or, or uh, administrators at the NHL level, they'll say the same thing about the AHL is a misunderstood league from the standpoint of guys have a preconception of what it is, but it's the second best hockey league in the world, yet virtually everybody goes into it not thinking that, that it's either a glorified college league or a glorified junior league or European league, I would imagine, if you're, if you're coming from the European ranks. What is the AHL like? Um, I mean, when I came down, a bunch of guys said sometimes that people find it harder to play in the AHL than is the NHL. So um, I kind of went into it with an open mindset that it was going to be tough no matter what. And I think it's a little bit more scrambly. Guys are a little bit more all over the place, but – um, the speed is still really high, and the guys are still really strong on pucks, so you definitely have to be able to make plays, too. You know, it's kind of a transitional league. I mean, uh, I, are you settling in with line mates, or are you used – I'm going to have to be get used to playing virtually with everybody on this roster. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think Benny does a good job making sure you're, you're playing with everyone and, and trying to find that chemistry with, with multiple guys. So I think for me it's been, been nice to be able to play with, with a lot of different guys and, and try and build that chemistry. But um, – you know, between Joe Valeno or Chris Terry, there's a lot of good players in this team that you want to be playing with. How, uh, what has been your opinion of some of the players that you have played with? I mean, Valeno's going through, you know, kind of like, you know, first year pro and, you know, he might be a little younger than you, but uh, uh, have you, have you bonded with somebody like that? Is it, uh, I, I, you know, because it's, it's such a varied roster. Some of these guys are very accomplished AHL players, uh, legendary Hall of Famers really in the AHL. And a lot of them are in your situation trying to, you know, make sure you can make that transition to Detroit. Yeah, I mean, I think it's been awesome so far. Just the guys that we have here, um, we played a bunch of games with a bunch of them at the prospect tournament. So you get to know those guys and you, you create that bond, you know, um, definitely sides me really close and, and same with Joe. Um, and then you also have the other end of the spectrum, like Lashoff and uh, Picks, uh, Tears. All those guys are unbelievable guys and guys you look up to and, and try to look for for advice on you know how to play in this league and, and what makes them successful. When you when you go back, I want and you touched upon the prospects tournament. That was a, uh, I think that was a good experience for everybody. For us who covered it and and for you you players, uh, I think what was exceptional about that. And I don't know if this is to the Red Wing system or as you guys as individuals and as as players. 
it, you seem to bond quickly. I mean, there seemed to be a tight bond, a unit. Uh, I think you came back and were behind in every game you were in practically and, and, and won virtually every game too. I mean, that uh, that experience must have been, I, I would imagine, uh, a pretty, pretty good experience for you. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it was just all the games were really exciting and, and fun to play in, honestly. And I think, like you touched on, the bond we formed really quickly. I'm not really sure what it was, but – um, you know, it was just a, a really good group of guys to be around, and um, I think that fed into why we were so good on the ice. You know, you, you were a, a, a highly sought-after, unrestricted free agent after college. You and Ryan Kuffner both, and Detroit ended up getting both of you. Um, but you look at, like, most Ciders, a number one pick. You have Michael Rasmussen, a number one pick. Joe's a number one pick. Uh, when you look at the collection here, uh, you look at a guy like Sider who's only 18 but has, you know, seems wise beyond his years. Do you sometimes take a step back and go, wow, I can't believe he's 18 years old? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think those guys are, um, you know, they're also going through their first year pro, same as me, so we can relate on that level. But, um, yeah, sometimes you step back and you can't believe that Mo's only 18 the way that the way he plays on the ice, the composure he has and the plays he makes. And I think – same with uh, Ras and Joe. Those guys, you know, they're wise beyond the years too. And um, I can't imagine the, the stress and pressure that they're under being first-round picks. You know, for me, it's kind of a little bit um, just play and, you know, you don't got too many too many weights on your shoulders. But um, I think they're doing really well and um, just hope for the best for them. Is I always joke with Michael Rasmussen that he's the most serious, I don't know if he's 20 now or whatever, most serious 20-year-old in the entire world, just not in just not in professional sports. Have you ever seen him smile? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, away from the rink, he's a little bit different, but, um, you know, I admire him for that, how, you know, committed to the game he is. And, um, you know, I was able to train with him this summer, and he's the same way every day, coming to the rink or going to the gym. He's one of the hardest-working guys, I think. Um, you know, sometimes people take that as, as serious or you can take it as sort of determined and hardworking. So either way, I think um, fun to joke around with them about it. So, um, yeah, hopefully you can see him smile too. Now, is Valeno on the opposite end? Because he's one of our bloggers. So I've talked to Joe for, you know, well over a year now. He, he's definitely serious about what he's doing, but he also seems to have more of a, a lighter side to him. Yeah, for sure. And I think... He's, he's really fun to joke around with, and, and he gets along with pretty much everyone. So, um, but at the same time, takes his game really seriously. So, you know, he's a fun guy to be around, and I've uh, enjoyed it so far. You know, Taro, you, you seem to be a mixture of both of those guys. Is, is that a fair assessment? I mean, you're really serious, and, you know, I mean, you're so serious, you want to go back to MSU and finish your degree. I mean, you know, that's which really a testament to you. Uh, but uh, how do you balance the – fun side and the serious side of you yeah I mean I think you know I've what I've learned so far in this game is that you, you can't take everything too seriously you know I, I don't be like to be a guy who's too frustrated on the bench and you know like to keep things keep things light and, and you know throw a joke around every once in a while but um you know I think when guys you know you're gripping your stick too tight and, and worried about playing too well sometimes you're not playing your best so I think sometimes you just got to take a step back and, and realize that it's a game and you're supposed to be having fun but um you know, at the same time, you got to make sure you're doing it the right way. What kind of uh, feedback have you gotten from Detroit specifically? I mean, is it is it Horkoff? Is it Cleary? Uh, you know, maybe on, on the odd occasion, perhaps Steve. Uh, uh, do you have a lot of interaction with them, or are you pretty much, you know, it's up to Ben and his crew to, you know, kind of set the, the, the bar for you? 
Yeah, and I think I think Benny and them do a really good job of, of making sure you're on the right track, and um, it's just been a mixture of the other guys, kind of, um, you know, giving you tips and, and making sure you're you're working on your game. And I think for me, obviously, just being able to hold on to pucks, be stronger, and, and make the plays that I know that I can. I think, um, you know, when you lose confidence, you're, you're trying to strip the puck in and make the simple play. But sometimes for me, that's that's not what I do, and that's not what I'm good at. You know, when you came to the Red Wings and everything was working out well, I mean, you know, I, I hate to get you know get all Oprah on you here, but but but, but what have you learned about yourself? in this experience because talk about maybe highs and lows you certainly have experienced them yeah for sure I, mean, I think it's definitely part of the game and something that i needed to adjust to and um you know when things are going well team's doing well it's, it's easy to to kind of uh go by and miss those mistakes that you make because the team's winning and um when the team's losing your mistakes kind of uh are amplified so i think for me it's just been a learning process as to not take anything too seriously but making sure that I'm doing the right things day in and day out to make sure that you know I'm I'm in the lineup and, and playing my best hockey. When you, you you strike me as somebody, and and I've seen this because over the years covering different athletes, but things were going so well. Do you think? Oh God, maybe it came too easy. You didn't take anything for granted. You 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 know you're very much uh, in tune with the situation that you're in. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think you come in, you're playing games, doing well, but. Um, at the same time, it's rare that guys come out of college and um, definitely undrafted guys that, you know, keep that success for that long. So I think, you know, for me, it was something that um, you just try and play the same way and um, it goes the way that it goes. But um, it's definitely just been a learning process for me in this, this first year. When you, you went the college route, uh, you know, you're MSU Spartan, and we're not going to hold that against you. Uh, but, you know, the team is in transition. They're doing very well now. They're rated in the, in the top 20. Um, college, we've always heard maybe the advantage of going to college besides getting an education. This is, again, I always qualify this. There's nothing against all the other leagues and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but, but is the practice time that you're allowed, you play two games a week, usually Friday, Saturday, depending on if it's football season, maybe you got the odd Thursday game or a Sunday or something, but mm-hmm. usually it's Friday and Saturday. Then you almost have a whole week of practice. How beneficial was that for you? Yeah, I mean, I think just just the way that you feel, how fresh you feel each time and, and the time that you're able to, to practice and, and work on your game and, and you're in the gym a lot more than you are probably playing pro, just the amount of games that you're playing. So. Um, just that development process, I think, is, is really helpful. But um, at the same time, it's different guys need different things. When, so, so college, has uh, that been a transition for you, the amount of games? You know, because you don't get – the one thing I hear about the guys when they go pro is, is how much practice time you don't have that you really need to work on things almost as the game's going on you got to say hey geez you know i'm not shooting enough or whatever Mm -hmm. i you know i got to try that backhander and this next time i'm out there or whatever you know i'm I'm obviously i'm making stuff up it has that been the most difficult perhaps transition for you yeah i mean i think it it wasn't something i was thinking thinking that would be that big of a transition but so far just you know the amount of games you're playing and, and just making sure that um, with with less practice time, that you're being more detailed in practice and making sure you're working on the right things. So when you when you do that, when you when when you're pra- when you're not allowed to practice, then do you take every moment of practice and really hone in on everything? Is is that because you know when I'm talking to Gus Lindstrom, he was telling me you know usually like Mondays like our practice day, and then everything else is you know we're usually playing games. Yeah, exactly. I think you know you're you're trying to be detailed and making sure you're 
working hard and doing the right things in practice because you're not getting that much practice time. So I think um, a little bit of adjustment for me, but uh, I've enjoyed the challenge. When you look at the whole grand scheme of things, where do you see this next progression is having a good playoff run here in Grand Rapids, getting called up to Detroit? I mean, in your own mind, how do you see this playing out? Um, I'm not really sure. Kind of just going into it with an open mind right now and um, staying positive as to whatever's happening. But right now, you know, I'm focused on helping the team win here and, and getting in the playoffs. You know, what, what when you look at your strength and your weaknesses, every, you know, up in Detroit, they just love your hockey sense, your hockey IQ, the mind that you have, being put in position, making plays. Uh, when, you know, what do you think your strengths are and your weaknesses and what do you, you know, when, you know, when you're back up in Detroit, because you will be, what, uh, you know, what, what kind of uh, Taro Hirose are we going to see? Um, yeah, I mean, I think strengths definitely passing and, and I like to find the open areas and being able to, to play with good players. I think that's definitely something I, I take pride in and obviously um, weaknesses. I want to work on my shot a lot more and just, you know, being able to, to get it off quicker and, and obviously just holding on to the puck and, and getting stronger on the puck and um, just having that confidence to, to make plays in, in tight spaces. Taro, it's great to see you. Thanks for joining us. Uh, go blue, I guess, right? Nah, oh, nah. pardon me. I mean, green and white. Sorry about that. <laughs> but we, we do appreciate uh, you taking the time out. Best of luck. Uh, can't wait to see you uh, uh, perform here for the Griffins and obviously back in Detroit. Thank you. Thanks, Art. Thanks for having me. Yep. As you can see, Taro Hirose uh, has a real good head on his shoulders, is a thinking man's player, understands the situation he's in, and uh, we expect him to be in Detroit uh, very, very soon. Let's turn our attentions now to Michael Rasmussen. Michael started off very, very well for the Grand Rapids Griffins. He was moved to uh, uh, center. He's learning that position at the professional level. Uh, uh, but uh, a back injury kind of set him back. And uh, let's hear from Michael as he uh, gets back to uh, playing the game he loves, which, of course, is hockey. Michael Rasmussen joins us. Uh, Michael, great to see you. Thanks for uh, being on the Red and White Authority. I know you're kind of a veteran of this podcast, but it, uh, it, it's always great to have you on as a guest. Yeah, thanks. Good to be here. You know, the first thing I've noticed about you is that you seem happier, or at least you're smiling now. You know, you know, we've I've always said, and I keep saying this over and over, you were like the most serious 18-year-old in the entire world, mm-hmm. uh, but, you know, has... How has it been for you lately? I mean, this is obviously a bit of a transition for you. Yeah, it's been a big transition. I think uh, coming down here is a transition, and then uh, getting hurt was tough. It was tough uh, being out for a while there. But, um, no, it's been good. It's been a good transition. Uh, it's a really good group of guys here, good coaching staff, uh, good training staff. So uh, it's been a good transition. I'm enjoying it here. When you – you're not that far from Detroit. Is that – Good or bad? Do you wish maybe it wasn't as close because you can stay in touch with the Red Wings? You can probably watch them on TV every day if you if you had the time. Yeah, for sure. No, I watch every game I can unless we're playing. But uh, I think it's good for the guys that uh, are going up and down or, or anyone to go up or, or come down here that it's close. Uh, it's just a quick drive. So uh, even for me, uh, when I was hurt, I was up there a little bit. So uh, it's good to just be close. And uh, I think it's uh, kind of an advantage being being closer. You know, I know I've asked you this before, but when you were drafted, you wanted to be a center. I can remember on, on draft day, and you, you basically saying, "Yeah, I, you know, I definitely want to be a center." Uh, last year, you were sort of a center, sort of not a center, sort of on the wing, but you're always on the power play, net front presence. Uh, 
when specifically when training camp started this year, Jeff Blaschel said unequivocally, Michael Rasmussen is a center. Did that ease your mind? Uh, a little bit, yeah. I think uh, whatever they want me to play and whatever they want me to work on, uh, I'll work on. So it's good to kind of get that uh, that kind of solidified that position. So I'm uh, just trying to do my best, work hard at it, and uh, it's been a good transition. I'm playing with some good players, so uh, it's been good for the most part. Do you think, though, when you see the competition at center or the players that were quote-unquote established on the big club already at center, did you think, I may have to go to Grand Rapids? I know you always want to make the team. I know where, I know where your focus is, and it's laser focus. But did you think, well, I may have to learn this position at this professional level, maybe in GR? Yeah, I think so, yeah. I think uh, there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. Last year went into it a little bit. Um, but yeah, definitely, uh, definitely being a competitor and a player, you want to make the team, and you definitely look at guys in front of you. So I uh, definitely saw that uh, we have some really good centers up there, and uh, you know they've been good centers for a long time. So I uh, just tried to, more than anything, just kind of learn off those guys and uh, kind of just watch them and, and learn the position and just compete to make the team. That's all I uh, all I tried to do, and uh, had a good camp and had a good start to the year, and uh, just got to keep going. You know, we, when you get hurt. Uh, and you know you're, you're young, so you're resilient. You, you know you're going to come back. How difficult though was it for you because you were out for a significant period of time? Yeah, for sure. Um, it definitely wasn't easy. It was uh, it was a really tough time for me. Uh, just being away from the guys and just being away from hockey was real tough. Uh, especially when I was playing well and uh, you know doing my best and um, thinking I had a good start of the year. So. It's definitely, uh, it's definitely tough on you, but uh, it's kind of the, that's kind of the sport, and it's kind of the, the uh, you know part of the game you got to deal with. And um, no, it's all right. I'm, I'm good now, so it's good. Well, I, I know you're good now, and, and you're used to unfortunately injuries. I know. I, I've, I've been asking you about your wrists for it seems like ten years now, mm-hmm. and we've only known <clears throat> each other a few. Uh, but uh, this was a different injury. Uh, different rehab, different mindset, or do you have the same mindset as you're going through this process? Hey, you know, I, I was hurt before. I've come back. I'm going to be fine, a hundred percent. Never any feeling in your in your mind that, geez, I don't know where I'm going to be once this thing is healed. Yeah, I think uh, whenever you have an injury, I think uh, the biggest thing is just trying to take care of it and uh, getting getting back and getting healthy as soon as possible. So. Um, that's my mindset when, when I hurt my wrist a few times, uh, and now that I hurt my back, it was same kind of mindset, but, um, definitely for a bit there, it was, it was real tough. My back was, uh, in pretty rough shape and, um, definitely, uh, I definitely knew I'd come out of it and, uh, definitely knew I had good people taking care of me and, um, you know, definitely guys, uh, guys in Detroit and guys also here helped me out with, with keeping my spirits up and, and all that. So, uh, I definitely knew I'd come out of it and. Uh, I just got to keep going, like I keep saying. When you when you have a wrist injury, even though I know you have to rehab, you can probably still skate, I would imagine, yeah. and and move around. Back is a real dicey situation. I mean, it's you know it's your back, and depending on where the injury is, it could be you know upper back or lower back or mid back. Uh, were you able to skate, or did you have to stay off the ice for a significant period of time for a big man like yourself? That's probably not conducive to what you really eventually want to do yeah uh, I did have to take uh, quite a bit of time there off the ice not really doing a whole lot and I'm moving a whole lot but um, no it was good I could do other stuff I could do a little bit of bike and um, you know some lifts here and there so 
um, as I ramped up in the process of, of uh, the rehab, I could uh, I got skating and um, could get back in shape and um, was skating a lot. So uh, it's definitely tough, uh, you know, in your conditioning, you kind of lose it. So uh, that's really that's that's the biggest uh, frustration when you're when you're kind of hurt. But um, no, it was good. Like I like I said, uh, guys really took good care of me. When you're on the ice for the first time and you're feeling great and, you know, you've gone through all this rehab where, you, as you just said, you couldn't do anything for a while. I know you got the heating pad on, watching TV, whatever you're doing. Um, you say, okay, it's time to go hard. Is there apprehension when you stop for the first time or you fall? Is there a sense of relief or you just don't even think about that? Um, I think uh, I did a good job, and, and the staff did a good job of kind of easing me into it. So I'd have a couple, couple light days, couple light weeks, actually, and then I kind of ramp it up a little more, then ramp it up a little more, and then finally I got into practice here. and And by the time I was in practice, it was kind of I eliminated all those things. If I'd fall, if I'd you know do this, do that. So um, yeah, no, it was good. Uh, it was good to kind of go through that process and, and ease into it, and uh, make sure I was doing everything possible to take care of it. When you look at, you know, 16 games, you have 14 points. You're even, which is always a good statistic to be. I know that people can go plus minus all the time, but, you know, on a team that, you know, Grand Rapids, very transitional, um, uh, not a lot of plus players. Uh, I would imagine, except for the injury, you have to be pretty happy with the way your game is rounding, rounding into uh, form, especially at the center position. Yeah, I know it's been good. I think uh, I started real well, started the year real well, had a good camp, and um, the injury definitely took a toll on me. It was tough uh, being out there, but uh, as I've been back, it's been good. We've been winning some games and um, getting some points um, and climbing the standings. So uh, I know it's been good, and um, I think uh, I just got to keep continuing to take care of my back and work hard and um, just keep at it, keep playing, uh, keep playing the way I know I can. And, um, things will take care of themselves. You know, I, I asked Taro this question, and I, and I wanted to ask you as well, is that you know, I've always heard about the AHL that uh, there's a conception here that most players underestimate the quality of the AHL. They think it's either it's a glorified junior league or college or European, that you know, you're coming into a situation uh, where it's a professional league, but you don't think it's going to be as different than what you're used to. What is the AHL like in your mind? Uh, yeah, it's tough. I think uh, personally, I didn't underestimate. It. I knew it was a hard league. Uh, came down here for a few games last year, um, and then just it's just a tough league. It's it's similar to the NHL. It's it's very fast and very physical, and um, there's really there's some there's some really good players down here. So it's definitely a hard league. It's a it's a hard league to create offense, and uh, it's a hard league to defend, and um, it's definitely a hard league to to be a impact player every night. So. Uh, we're all working hard to just help the team, and, um, you know, that's pretty much it. You know, the transition when you go through this, as, as we're talking about yet, I believe since the start of the AHL season, the Griffins have made, according to the to – the, and I counted it up, like 58 transi transitions or transactions. That seems to me to be a lot, even though I know that guys are called up and down and everyone's goal is to get to Detroit. I, I realize that. How difficult is it for a player such as you, and I know that you were injured, that is there consistency? Do you want to play with the same guys, or do you, are you reserved to the fact that at this level, just the way it is, I might have different line mates every other game? 
Yeah, no, I think uh, I think when you're doing uh, transactions and guys are going up and down, I think it's good. I think it's showing the depth in, your, in the organization and um, it's showing how good uh, good the players are we have here going up and down and uh, helping Detroit and also helping us. But uh, I think it's good that uh, I get to play with some different players. Um, I've been playing with Chris Terry a lot. Uh, he's definitely uh, helped me a lot in uh, the transition and helped me a lot on the ice and, and then on the bench as well. Just give me tips here and there. And um, I think that's been good, kind of rotated the other winger. But um, no, it's been good. It's been good uh, no matter who I'm playing with. I'm, I'm just enjoying it. What, uh, what do you think you need to improve on or what do the Red Wings want to see from you so when you're back up in Detroit, you're back in that lineup to stay and you're at center? Yeah, I think just all the things that, that I've been doing. I think uh, biggest thing is just being hard on the puck. Um, Protecting the puck, uh, moving my feet is the biggest thing. Playing physical, um, those would be the main things. I think. I think uh, my net front play is, is, has been good. I think uh, I'm doing good on my faceoffs. So I think um, just the consistency of being hard on the puck and, and protecting the puck is is the biggest thing. So, when you're an offensive player, you always have, and you're, and you're great on the power play. We've talked about your extraordinary reach, your net front presence, your hand-eye coordination in front of the net. You know, I, you know, I, I can go on and on forever about that. Uh, but what is the biggest transition? Is it for you is to become a two-way center, you know, which Dylan Larkin had to do too, and learn how to take and win face-offs? Are those really – because the, the offensive tools are there. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, I think defending in your own in your own end is 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 real hard, and I think that's another thing that they've really really harped on me about is is killing plays in the D zone, and um, you know being hard hard in the D zone, and um, I think that's the biggest thing. I think uh, it's real hard to be a 200 foot player. It's real hard to be a center in pro hockey. So um, I think uh, you know just learning from those guys, learning from Larks. It's it's pretty uh, pretty crazy what he's done. So how difficult though? I mean. And you know, and I mean this. I seriously, were you ever counted on playing defense before? Though I mean, you were always an offensive guy. I mean, it seems that you know, it's kind of like everybody, everyone played sports at one time or another. And your best players tend to like hone in on whether they hit home runs or you know they score goals or you know touchdowns or throw the ball. You know what I mean? There, everyone seems to have that one skill set where they really really hone in on. But then when you become a professional, especially you, how difficult is it for you to change your mindset where you've always pretty much I would assume thought offense. Yeah, uh definitely think offense. I think that's that's part of being a forward and part of being a top player, but um I've definitely had to had to learn to play defense. Um in junior and uh, even leading up to junior, so um, I think it was. I was. I'm really thankful that, that my coaches taught me how to play that and taught me the importance of it. So, um, yeah, I definitely, I definitely have had to had to adapt and play defense uh, even before pro hockey. So, I think that's given me uh, you know a bit of a head start. So it's good. What makes a good defender? I mean, what what do you really have to be conscious of when you're out on the ice and and not think, go 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 to the net or yeah. whatever? I got it back checker I've got it you know what what has been really difficult for you to consistently grasp um I think the biggest thing in your own end is 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 killing plays I think uh sprinting out at guys and closing in on players quickly um and like, like I keep saying just killing the play I think uh you know getting someone pinned and getting the puck out of there I think is the biggest thing it's it's tough to sprint at someone when they have the puck and um you know it's it's the biggest thing I think that I'm trying to I'm trying to improve on and, and, and do my best at. Let's talk now a little about some, some fun things here. Uh, obviously, is 
is the power play mm-hmm. and being in the net front presence. Uh, I, you know, I, I've told you this story. It was at your first development camp when it was still in, in Traverse City. Uh, you did a, uh, you, you know, you, I, I don't know who was shooting the pucks at you, but uh, Petrozelli was in net. I do remember that. And you were tipping the, the, the pucks. And I would say maybe 100 shots, 95 of them, maybe almost 100, went into the net. How was that just, you got on the ice, you started playing hockey, you enjoyed it. Did that just come naturally to you, or is that something you worked on? Because it just seemed, it seems flawless. It doesn't seem like you've worked on it. It's just something that naturally came to you, like God-given. Mm-hmm. I know that can't be the truth, but it is pretty extraordinary to watch you work in front of the net. Yeah, I think uh, <clears throat> it's been something that I've, that I've worked hard on. I think as I got to junior and as I kind of approached pro hockey, I um, kind of just tried to tried to score goals that were that were relative to the next level. And um, I think for me that was the kind of easiest way. I think uh, just kind of plant myself there and and work on that. So <clears throat> definitely, uh, I'm just, I'm I'm trying to do a better job of rounding out my game, maybe shooting a little bit more and. And uh, you know, playing a little bit, uh, you know, less just stuck there. Um, but definitely, it's it's a huge part of my game, and um, definitely it's something I work hard at. Well, you know, the thing that I that I find really interesting about you is that you your reach is too. It, it is almost you can when a goalie is in his crease and the puck's like right there, you can actually beat him to it. Mm-hmm. Be, do you think they underestimate your reach? I mean, that you, you really are able to use that to your advantage. I mean, not only your size and, and your hand-eye coordination, which I said is extraordinary, but your reach is maybe your, uh, you know, your, your ninja move or whatever. Yeah, uh, I think for any tall player, I think um, your reach is definitely a benefit. Um, so, yeah, maybe the goalies do uh, underestimate that a little bit if they don't know um, who's in front. So. Um, yeah, I think uh, it's definitely a good thing to have for sure. You know, when you look at it this year, the goal obviously to be in Detroit, you know, obviously the team's not doing very well, the big club right now. Um, you know, goal, I would imagine, uh, whether you get called up this year or not, is to make that roster out of camp next year. Yeah, that's my biggest goal. I think uh, I'm just trying to do my best, uh, you know, this year to improve and, and do the things that they want out of me, and uh, whether I get called up or or whatever. I'm just, uh, you know, just working on that every day, whether it's, um, you know, right now or six months. So um, I think that's just uh, my main focus uh, all the time. You know, how disappointing was it though to come down? I mean, nothing against Grand Rapids, but you were in Detroit the whole year. Uh, uh, did it take a couple of days for you to process it, or because I know you're focused, that it's just part of the game? Yeah, uh, it's definitely disappointing. Uh, you always want to compete at the highest level, and uh, definitely want to be up there, uh, you know, competing with them and helping the team. But um, yeah, I definitely took my took my couple hours to feel sorry for myself, and and kind of then just um, you know cleared all that and um, tried to do my job best down here I could and help the team, and um, you know, kind of that's really all I did. I think I just tried to tried to block it all out and, and tried to help the team here. And I think by doing that, I think uh, I'll set myself up well, uh, you know, for playing up there, hopefully. When, you, when you're feeling sorry for yourself, is your comfort food a bowl full of plums? That's what we've heard. No, it's not. It's definitely the uh, furthest thing from, from plums. <laughs> really? It's still not plums. And are you sure you're not taller? No, I don't think so. No, um, really? I, I'm, no, actually, a couple of people have said that. I don't think I am. No, I maybe just people haven't seen me for a while. You're not 6'8"? No. 6'7"? 
Maybe I'm not sure. Yeah, Maybe. but you're still you're definitely six six. Yep. I think you're six. You're definitely six seven at least. Or else I'm really really shrinking and should go see a doctor. I mean, you look taller to me every time I see you. You might be shrinking, Art. Yeah, I'm, I may be. You know, I could be. Uh, the beard, the hair, I mean, really good look. When did you decide to, you know, let yourself go a little bit? Let myself go, ouch. Uh, <laughs> uh, I didn't really decide. I think I just, uh, I like I like having a beard, and, um, you know, it's kind of winter. It keeps you a little bit warmer, and um, the hair just, it's just, uh, just haven't got a haircut. It's not really a decision or anything, just... Haven't got a cut or haven't shaved, really. It's a good look. I mean, you. you know, I mean, I, I come from that generation where hair meant everything. Yeah. You know, and I still have mine, so I feel pretty good about good that. You. Yeah. Th- thank you, Michael. Well, all right, on that really positive note, I think we'll end this. Uh, thanks for joining us. Really appreciate it. Uh, you know, I, I've known you since you were drafted as a Red Wing. I mean, yeah. from day one, uh, you know, I, I just really root for you. I can't help it, but I do. Uh, I look forward to seeing you back in the red and white. I, I look forward to you continuing the success that you have here with Grand Rapids, a good long pro- playoff run. And, uh, you know, it'll be a great day when uh, when Michael Rasmussen walks back into the room up there in Detroit and uh, uh, we'll be able to, you know, mess around with you again and talk to you why you just don't like plums. I just don't – I can't figure it out. It's a delicious fruit. Absolutely. Thanks, Art. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, thank thanks, you. Sir. All right. Thanks, Michael. All right. Thank you.